Sex is a very, very, very sacred ritual and should be performed with someone that you truly, deeply trust. We have sex with people from all walks of life. Total strangers sometimes. Casual sex. One night stands. You don't even know the person whatsoever. You don't know what they've experienced. You don't know what their childhood was like. You might not even know their names. As a society, we are sex crazed. We some animals, we some freaks. We always talk about healthy habits. You know, eating good, you know what I'm saying? Working out, you know what I'm saying? Reading books. But when it comes to sex, everybody wants to be quiet. No one wants to mention practicing healthy sex, practicing righteous sex. Because society tells you to just be wild. Society tells you to just be sexually free. Society is a deviant place to base your train of thought from. Society shouldn't be the foundation in which you think. Having sex is a very, very, very sacred thing. It's a transference of energy. When a man and woman come together and form a unison, they are one person. At the moment you enter a woman, the moment a man enters a woman, they become one. You become one. You feel what she's feeling. She feels what you are feeling. It's the most intimate time. It's the most intimate experience in life. The temple is a very, 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 very sacred, divine place. A woman's womb is a temple. You are signing a spiritual contract with each other every time you practice sex. A spiritual contract. Now, a lot of times, even in the in the real world, people don't go through with, with the contracts. Like marriages. You sign a contract, not physically, but intimately, and a lot of people still feel like they can get divorced. The reason, you know, a lot of relationships go bad is because 
There is sex with no sh there is sex with high expectations. You have sex with a person and you expect for sex to be the contract of commitment. No, sex isn't the contract of commitment. Sex is just a contract of intimacy, right? It's a spiritual contract of intimacy. When you have sex with somebody, it's not because you want to be committed with that person forever. Depending on, you know, your relationship with that person, that's what it depends on. Sex is an art form. Sex is an art. And when two artists come together to perform an expression, it could be a very, very beautiful thing. It could be a very, very great thing and positive thing and pure. But it can also be a disaster. You take on those traits, the behaviors that a person that you had sex with. You take on the insecurities. You take on the confusion. And you don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it comes from. You thinking that it's yourself. You blaming yourself. We go through relationships, right? A shitty relationship. And afterwards, you start to blame yourself. You start to have identification issues. Because you start to question who you were in that relationship. You start to question the things that you enjoy, the person you are, the places you like to go, the foods you like to eat. You start to question everything there is about yourself because you are in a state of insecurity. You're not secure in who you are. Your self-image has been tarnished. Why? Is because you weren't the person who you really are while you were in that relationship. Because you were compromised sexually. You weren't you. You were thinking with your lower half. You were thinking with your penis. You were thinking with your vagina. You weren't really the person who you were destined to be. We be in these relationships, right? You be feeling good. You be thinking good. But is it really good? Is it really beneficial? Does that person have your best interest at mind? Do they? These are some of the questions that you got to ask yourself. Can I be me around this person? Does this person accept me for who I am? Or am I just sexually attracted to this person? Be mature enough to separate the two. Think higher. Think with your higher self. Use your brain. 
instead of your lower half. Because sex can be blinded. It can be fun, you know what I'm saying? When we be, when we be young, it be fun. You know what I'm saying? You just, you testing the waters. You know what I'm saying? You going from person to person. But after a while, you take on those characteristics of each person you lay down with. Each of those people. And you carry those demons. You carry those ghosts. You carry those insecurities of each of those people into the next relationship. It's an endless cycle of confusion. It's an endless cycle. And your partner, who could be a pure person, just got hit with 10 different people, all in, all in the form of one person. Right? You carrying ten different, depending on how many people you done slept with, you could be transferring so many different people and projecting them on one person who you feel like you should be in a relationship with, and they might be a good-hearted person, a good-spirited person, innocent person. But after that relationship, it's almost like they've been in a relationship with ten people because you've been giving them so much baggage. Love is an expression. Love is also an art form. Love is a beautiful thing when used correctly. Love can be ugly. Love can be violent. Love can be like a storm. Love should always be positive. Love should always be intentful. Love should be abundant, caring, peace, harmony, rhythmatic. Whenever you feel like you got to do something beneath you, you got to compromise who you are for the sake of love. That's when it's going down south. Sex is a byproduct of love. Which one comes first? The chicken or the egg? Personally, I think that the egg comes first. I think that love should come first before sex. But I know that sometimes, right, you be so you you be so attracted to people and when y'all both, you know what I'm saying, when y'all both don't really have an understanding on that energy exchange and y'all just some free some free freaks, some free animals, y'all just be going with the flow. It feel good, so why not, you know what I'm saying? Why not do it, right? But it's a reason. It's a reason you should wait. You should wait because just to see, just to know who you are actually dealing with.
We are good at putting up fronts. We're good at putting up barriers and shields and walls and barricades about who we really are as people. After you have sex with a person, you all done did all those freaky acts with one another, you start to see who they really are. You start to see how they really think and their character and their personality. You start to see their tendencies. That's probably the most important time in a relationship is after the first time y'all had sex. The first encounter, that moment, that vibe that you feel, that frequency, that energy, that experience right afterwards, right after ejaculation or orgasm, that's the moment you should pay attention to. Depending on how spiritually inclined you are, you may pick up on it. Some people are blind. A lot of women go blind after orgasms. A lot of men go blind after the climax of ejaculation. It takes a superior being to think outside of that. To understand who they are. And that your sexual reproductive organ doesn't make you. Doesn't create who you are. It's really a projection of your ego into the physical form. When you think with your lower half, you're thinking with your ego. You're thinking with your pleasure point. You're not thinking with your mind. You're not being sharp as a dart, but you're thinking dark. Oh yeah, you're thinking with a polluted mindset. Your perspective is darkness. When you think into a higher perspective, that's light coming out of you. You are illuminated. You big enlightened. Follow that light from within. Become the master. When you're dealing with two people who mastered themselves and they come together and form a unity, that's a beautiful, sacred, divine exchange of energy. Nothing can go wrong with those two. When you got the feminine and the masculine spectrums coming together in divine unison, that's a very, very, very sacred thing. The art of mating Finding the person who was meant for you. Finding that person. And how do you know if you found a person that's meant for you? When you can just be you. When you can just be you and you love that person for them being them. I love you because you, you. That's when you know you found that person. When you got to compromise who you are. When you got to be somebody other than yourself around this person, that ain't the person for you. When you feel that energy that's telling you to you know, be somebody else, no, that ain't, hey, that ain't the person for you, beloved. That's for somebody else. The sex might be good. It might talk to you good. But it's about how you feel on the inside. It's about how you feeling. Because if you ain't feeling where it's at, then, hey, the situation... Even for right now, if it feel good, in the long run, it ain't going to be where it's at, beloved. 
You just gonna compromise your happiness. You gonna compromise your peace. For what? For a temporary moment of satisfaction, for temporary pleasure? Life too short. We begin to, you know, involved. But I don't think that we understand. We don't understand. At least we don't try to read books on how to even have sex. Read books on how to even love. Read books on who you are. Read books on how to understand who you are. If you insecure in yourself, what makes you think that you liable to pick the right person for you? If you insecure, how do you feel you are efficient to make the right decision to pick somebody who is suitable for you? Answer me that question. If you love yourself, now you are in the rightful position to find somebody who can love you as much as you love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, you don't expect anybody else to love you. How could you? How could you even know that they're going to love you in a lesser value than you love yourself? But when you're loving yourself, you expect them more. You demand them more. You got to love me at a certain level. We got to get back on righteous terms. We got to get back on righteous terms. We think too loosely. Way too loosely. And you know what? It's not even the people's fault. Because that's what we was taught. That's what we were brainwashed. Because our enemies didn't teach us the art of maiden. There's a couple of things that our enemies didn't teach us. They didn't teach us the art of mating. They didn't teach us the art of war. And they didn't teach us the art of business. But those are for two different podcasts. Right now, we on the art of mating and the art of sex and the spiritual connotations attacks to sexual, you know, uh, whatever you want to call that part. As black, as black men and women, we can't expect to be respected if we can't even lift each other up, you know, into the thinking of God. Into the thinking of God. When you're having sex with a person, it's a possibility y'all could be creating a child. And those thoughts carry on into your offspring. You having sex with a person you don't like. So subconsciously, whenever that person have a baby, you're going to have a distaste for that child. And the mother picks up on that energy, so she's going to be, you know, to see the child is going to you know, resonate with that same energy as the mother. So that child gonna have a certain distaste for the parents as they're created in the womb. In the womb, 
That's why it's important to treat a woman with the highest form of love possible. Because they create the generations of men to come. They create the generations of people. Women are the creators of civilization. So when it comes to a black woman, she is your God. She's creating man from you. She is that factory. She is the manufacturer. The black woman is supreme. Her stomach is that temple, that womb. Where every great man has been created by a greater woman. Her thoughts during pregnancy, her thoughts during the conception of the sperm eating that egg is highly critical. Highly critical. Positive thoughts all throughout the entirety of pregnancy is highly critical. God minds. The, the mindset every black woman in America, to, in the world today, should be I'm going to create a God that's going to change the world. That's what should be going through a black woman's mind all the way during pregnancy. It's up to black men to create an environment of peace for a woman during pregnancy. A lot of brothers leave. Oh, she doing too much. She tripping. She too needy. She, she, no, no. you tripping. You tripping. She creating a person. A child, a human being. And you think that it's just some easy task on the outside looking in because you've never dealt with nothing like that. Not even on a relatively fathomable level whatsoever. So you so out of touch with the reality that she's experiencing for nine months that you can't even begin to comprehend what it feels like. So you would just leave and wonder why that woman resents you and wonder why she does things to agitate you or quote unquote, give back to you. Because only a woman can understand truly what that feels like. So as a man, as me and as a black man, I feel for a sister. I don't know what that feels like. I would never know what a pregnancy feels like. But I want to understand the importance of being there, spiritually, mentally, and physically, for the black woman. Because those are the, the most important people, if not the most important people in life. Period. Should be protected at all costs. Without a doubt or contradiction. Without a hesitation. Without a thought moving forward. 
This is why love is so important in the black man's community. This is why sex is so important. It's because we, we've lost touch with sex. As a people, we've lost touch with the, with the ritual of sex, sacred energy exchange. We've lost, we've lost completely, in, we've lost everything that has to do with it. Solely for pleasure. Think with your mind. Think logically. Think reasonably. Think with both sides of the spectrum, masculine and feminine, in balance, in unison. There's so many people just thinking with one side of the spectrum. Oh, I'm a woman, so I'm just going to be feminine. I'm a man, so I'm just going to be overly masculinated. But when you're too overly masculinated, when you're too overly masculine, it starts to, you know what I'm saying? Once you fill up that cup, it starts to pour over. And it causes a mess. But when you pour it just right, it's good. Too much of anything is a bad thing. Watch what you consume. Watch what you participate in. Know who you are. Divine supremacy is when a man understands that he has a feminine side. And when he welcomes it with open arms, because he understands that in order to gain peace and harmony in life, especially when it comes to being with a woman, you have to gain harmony with your feminine side. Submit to who you are. And vice versa with the woman. Submit to who you are. You have a masculine side. I'm not telling you to go out there and, and be a man and, and fight wars and build houses from scratch, but understand that you have a, a masculine side. But don't go over to that side and, and over embellish on it. It may cause friction in your relationships depending on how much masculinity your man has. Be in balance, be in tune. Form an equilibrium. This is sacred energies, man. We all sound like trees. We stand big old clear and we stand big old focus. And we form an equilibrium. Hey, I'm gonna tap out with y'all. You know, I'm gonna save this for the next live. Big tree activities.